And we are back. Everybody missed us. So thank goodness we are here. Matt and Matt, the Matt Men Podcast. My name is Matthew Pizana. I am co-host of this bad mamma jamma here. Tell everybody who you are, sir. My name is Matt. Oh, now it all makes sense. I understand now. Look at you two being so clever. We're men and we're named Matt. And there is that show called Mad Men. So it took all of nine seconds to come up with this. Mm, let's ask the people. We're going to put it to the people right now. What kind of man do you think Matt is? He is a parent, so that does count as being a man. I do not have that on my resume. What was the last man thing you ever did, Matt? Killed a rat. All right, I'll allow it. And that's what we're talking about today. Rat killers here on the show. What, what, what about uh, supporting my family? I, I gave you that up top. Yeah. I said one for you, zero for me. I'm still at zero, though I have been doing pull-ups, and I'm up to five at a time. So that's pretty manly, I think. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Being able to pull my own weight. That's all I'm trying to do over here. We've got a lot to talk about today, so let's dive right into it, shall we? My first title on the notes that I gave you is, uh, it seems <laughs> that CBS has delayed the new reboot of True Lies. First of all, they're doing a reboot of True Lies from some God-unknown reason. Matt, tell me why in the world they would do this and then why it is uh, delayed. This is really confusing to me because um, it seems like True Lies is one of those movies that's kind of getting lost to history. Crazy. True Lies got at the time was the most expensive movie ever made and everybody loved it. I loved it. Like my dad loved it. My mom loved it. It has something for everyone. Uh, USC, uh, their old teacher, Casper, um, Drew Casper, he taught it as the most, um, uh, it's the perfect example of a postmodern film because it's every genre wrapped into one. But for some reason, they never cared to keep its legacy alive. It got released on DVD in four by three letterboxed. So it wasn't even from 16 to nine TVs. It has never had a 16 by nine release. It has never had an official HD release. It's never been on 4K. There was an old HDNet TV version yeah. that was floating around the web for a while. And you can watch it, thankfully. Uh, now on Amazon Prime in the proper aspect ratio and it's HD, but it seems like, you know, they've never had a 20th anniversary screening of, they've never had a cast reunion. And I, I don't know, it, it seems like it's been lost to time. And I can understand why a little bit because post 9-11, um, everyone got real touchy with how... Um, with how things like a uh, terrorism were portrayed in movies. Sure. Um, so I can understand them backing off on it a little bit, but um, why would you want to reboot the movie if people don't remember the movie? And the reason they don't remember it is because we're afraid of, you know, how we're going to depict people. So I don't know how they're going to make it work. Like why they would even try this. Like, it just seems like maybe it was, hey, we have control of the property. Let's go ahead and use it. 
Yep. Uh, let's waste our time and do something like this. There's been a long line of these recently. I don't know if you saw the Lethal Weapon TV show. That was the thing that happened. Yep. Uh, it probably would have happened for more seasons if that uh, the lead actor was not a, a, a butt and <laughs> got himself fired from the show. So, oh, yeah. What are you going to do on that? Um, you know, they, they, uh, certainly this is something that they've done over the years. But I think that I I do completely agree with you that this movie is not given its proper due. No. Tom Arnold at his best. It is the one of the funniest performances in the world. And I, if I remember correctly, he put the, the funniest line that he has in the whole movie about the ice cube trays. If I remember correctly, he did say one. So that was what Roseanne did to him, that he came home and everything was gone. Yeah. Um, or if not Roseanne, maybe his second wife, but it's probably Roseanne given the time. <laughs> Gotta think that was a Roseanne. Story yeah. Sure. Uh, Bill Paxton with the, Bill with the, Paxton. With the mustache. It, uh, that, oh my God. That performance is so funny. Like name a funnier performance in a movie. It's difficult. It's tough. And also um, I should run that uh, game on uh, some woman sometime. I, how do you think that would work for me? Uh, you do I look like a spy? Yeah, actually, actually, you could kind of pull that off. I think. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just, a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll just slide right in there with the, being a spy. That's good stuff. Uh, Grow your hair out a little bit longer and you'll look just, a, just sleazy enough. Thank you. Trust me. I look pretty sleazy as it goes right now. I should shave all this. Just leave the mustache. I'll be ready to go. Ooh, yeah. Get me an 84 Trans Am, maybe. <laughs> Living the dream. Well, no, 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 no. No, 84 Trans Am, that, that's, uh, that's Knight Rider era. No, what you want to get, get like an 87 Fiero. Ooh. Yeah. We used to have neighbors that had matching Fieros in their uh, driveway, and I was so jealous when I was seven years old. I was like, oh, I want those so bad. And uh, I had a done. neighbor with a white one, and I saw it parked outside all the time. I'm just like, oh, the Fiero's so cool. So cool. <laughs> it looks like a little matchbox car. You know what else is cool? And I don't care what anybody says. I still stand by this. Johnny Depp, to me, is still cool. He's had some problems yeah. over the last few years. And that may be why his movie City of Lies has gotten a little bit of delay. Uh, it is finally coming out. Now, you can see it in theaters right now, I believe, if you're that kind of person. I'm sure in a week or two, it'll be on video on demand and I'll be able to rent it. But it is a movie that he did about the Biggie and Tupac shootings. He plays the detective, uh, Randall. Oh, no, I don't remember who the detective's name was. But he uh, did the research in L.A. about what happened. And it's all about the case. Some people say it's Johnny Depp coming back to form. Some people say they shouldn't have done this at all. Matt, I know you're not going to watch this movie, so I'm going to have to tell you about it. But I'm going to ask you a question. Who killed Biggie? I don't know. That is the correct answer because nobody really knows. But I could tell you that, uh, that I know. I know people. I got sources, you know. And uh, I'm going to keep it to myself. Though. I don't want to get shot. <laughs> well, get shot. That, that, that's, that's the worst radio I've ever heard. What? what? <laughs> hey, um, I know who did this, but I'm not going to say. Go. I, I got a question about, um, about Johnny Depp. Has there ever been an actor to go from such heights to fall the way he did for no discernible reason? Because he, I don't know if it was just maybe oversaturation and people just kind of threw up their hands, but he went from being in literally every movie and being everyone's favorite actor to people going, nah, I'm done. Overnight, it was weird. I 
think it was the uh, the great Darnan. I forgot his name. I'll tell him in a minute. But he said that yeah, as far as like acting goes, it's usually you get either five years or six movies. And then at that point, people just get tired of seeing you. Obviously, Johnny Depp had much more movies than that, but that's kind of the average that they talk about. And I wonder if- He had he, like 20 straight years. Yeah, I mean, he went for, for a really long time. Certainly, obviously, he got a little canceled because of the whole um, situation with the with the ex-wife. So I think that's been part Which of the problem. turns out might not even have been the case. Yes, exactly, completely. So that's a whole nother uh, ball of wax that we'll do on our- Matt men talk about women and their problems. No, not doing that show. <laughs> Jesus. That would be wrong for us to do. And we wouldn't do it anyhow because we have wives and they would stab us. I would well, besides that, would. that, it's just not right. How about that? Let's start there. <laughs> That's true as well. I wish that more actors would take the Johnny Depp approach to acting. He's always done the offbeat uh, thing for the most part and he's always looking to try to do something different and something that hasn't been done before i wish he didn't work with tim burton so much but that's just my dislike for tim burton but what are you going to do i still like sleepy hollow and I, li I like everything before sleepy hollow and i don't think anything after yeah i mean it's, there's like two of them but again you know i don't i try not to be so mean about it because he makes movies that i don't like i mean he's just those aren't movies for me so it's neither here nor there. I'm interested. Russell Poole is the name of this detective. Um, he was the big interview that Nick Brumfield got for his uh, Biggie and Tupac documentary. And he's a really fascinating fellow. He, like I said, he did the investigation. He didn't think the LAPD was being truthful with anything. He certainly <laughs> thought that they had a lot to do with it. And um, that would certainly be a first, right? Yeah. Every, every decade <laughs> they have like the greatest uh, problem. And, you know, in the history of man, you know, there was, when you're famous for being corrupt. Yeah. They're notorious for that. Oh, I thought I had notorious. There's like every movie about the LAPD is about how corrupt they are. Is there ever been one where they're the good guys? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, rarely. And it's just accidentally. I don't think it's ever LAPD is the, oh, you know what? I'm going to give you one. The movie with Jake Gyllenhaal that they did, I don't know, maybe six, seven years ago. Right along. Not right along. Yeah, that, that was the Ice Cube movie. That was not as good. South. Uh, no, I don't think there was South in there, but we know what we're talking about. And um, I thought that was a pretty good. You know, it showed the family side and everything else. Uh, you know, so that was good. Is there anything we want to see Johnny Depp in that's not the Pirates of the Caribbean going forward? Um, you want to see go back I, to Hunter I, Thompson? I only liked the first, the first one of those. Well, he already did that again, you know, and no one saw it. I saw it. I adore that movie. I really like that book too. So that, that's, that, well, that's you. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that's that's not every, everybody else. Are you saying that that movie had an audience of one? Because that is true. Rum Diary was the name of that. And um, oh my goodness, there was a character in there that was so unbelievably good. I can't even think of who it was. Uh, poor Johnny. That's also where he met Amanda. But you know, that's neither here nor there. But go watch that movie, Rum Diaries. Let's quit the podcast. Let's all go watch that movie right now. How about that? Nah. All right, fine. Moving on. More importantly, this week. End of a, watch. A Sorry. thing happened. Excellent. End of watch with Chris Pena. Yes, there you go. Uh, Michael Pena. Michael Pena. Sorry. Uh. We did something this week. We shared an experience. I don't know if it was good or bad. So we're going to get to the bottom of oh, it. Oh, man. Yeah. 
Justice League, the Snyder Cut came out this week on HBO Max. The four-hour, this is Zack Snyder's cut of the movie, as opposed to the Joss Whedon two-hour thing that also happened. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the movie, but we've talked about it uh, in the lead-up to this. We'll talk more about kind of what this means to the industry and whatever, whatnot. So where do you want to start on Justice League? Who is this for? Besides the 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 small group of fans this had to be for somebody because let's just dive into it 70 million dollars worth of redos on this this yeah. takes the budget for this movie which has come out twice now yep up to almost 400 million dollars and that's not counting uh marketing for both theatrical and for this yep so it barely made money last time and on the books it probably did right so is this to try to get people to you know sign up for hbo max is that the hope yeah i mean maybe that's this is just a property that they had and they felt like it had the most juice even even three years after the release so you know they were rolling the dice they're trying to throw everything at the wall that they can to make I mean, we're HBO both max talking work. about it you know that's true that's true and we both watch it so we're both suckers and it's it is the only thing that's been trending on Twitter for the last week. I, I, I've got I've got issues with this. Yes, um, please. Before we even get into it as a movie, um, two years ago, before this was even considered to be a thing that existed, or when it was just a rumor, I posted on you know it 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 had been trending for like last three years, like twice a week, trending. And I put Snyder up a, cut hashtag right, Snyder cut restore the Snyder cut or release the Snyder cut. Um, and there was a day that I put up on my Twitter. I hope the movie exists and gets released. That way we never have to talk about it again. And I got dragged and attacked and people were like, you should get cancer. If you don't like this, like the fans for this thing are, are toxic. Like, they're the worst of the worst. People are afraid. Like, I've seen film critics on Twitter afraid to post what they actually think of the movie because they don't want to get harassed by these people, right? So why are we emboldening them with, with giving them this cut? If this is, you know, they're using belligerent tactics to even get this thing to exist, are those fans of the comic book? Are those fans of Zack Snyder? Are those fans Zach of the Snyder. 2017? Zack Snyder. Okay. Zack Snyder. The people who think that uh, Batman v Superman and Man of Steel are the greatest things that's ever happened to cinema. Mm. Uh, before we get into any deeper, I, I want to say something, and I think that this is important just because it's important for me to say. The elephant in the room as a, as a real-world thing, I can't imagine being the studio head and having Zack Snyder have to step away from the movie because of the, the passing of his daughter and then him come back and say, you know, I want to finish this project, you know, in memory of her and be able to do that and tell him no. I mean, that that had to be that's really super difficult. Well, th that's kind of not what happened from everything I've read. What, well, see, I don't think the studio heads have a heart. So no, no, no. no, no, think no that what that happened was he stepped away from it, but they had already had um, screens of it beforehand. Um, and they weren't happy with it, and they were wanting to bring other people in to work on it before he even quit, right? So it's not like he quit, and then all of a sudden they're like, change everything. 
they were already in change everything mode because this went into production like right after Batman v Superman came out, like the day after it came out, they went into production. And that's when the like 28% Rotten Tomatoes popped up and people were like, oh, they don't like the way this is headed. And now we've got four hours of this. And once they saw, you know, a long cut and what, how morose the whole thing is, that's when they're like, we got to steer this thing away from the iceberg. And that's when he left. How about bringing in Josh Whedon? What is what a choice that that was to be able to bring him in. Now, a lot of people would not have come in to do this. So I understand that. But being able to or being forced to or I don't know, maybe Josh appreciated the opportunity to chop the four hour movie down to two hours and make it kind of nonsense after you watch the four hour movie. Um, what did you think about that choice? Is there anybody else that they could have brought in to do it that you think would have done it better? Well, well OK, so here's the thing. Um <clears throat> they wanted to lighten the movie, right? Because his movies are, uh, Snyder's movies are not fun, right? They're not like Marvel quippy and fun. They are overly serious. And they brought Joss in because he did Avengers and he did Avengers Age of Ultron. Why not? You know, he's already made a few billion dollars bring him in he knows what he's doing was it a good match no was it all joss's say no there were things uh rewrites already going on that he had nothing to do with but if you take a look at the differences between the two movies except for the fact that one version is twice as long and in a different aspect ratio they're not that different Um, no they really aren't you get more information and a better backstory for uh cyborg and he's definitely more of the heart of it that's That's the big difference for sure um and steppenwolf is actually a little bit of a character although still unnecessary because he's a middleman you know how Um, come they didn't play any steppenwolf in this movie i feel like that was a missed (laughs) opportunity okay i'm sorry go ahead That's, that's funny um but if you take a look at the beats of the movie what it's about. You have to resurrect Superman and you have to find these three mother boxes before they destroy the earth. That's, that's the movie. Yes. And they're identical. They're, it, it's, you're changing the window dressing. You know, you are putting a different shade of lipstick on a pig. Um, it's the same thing. So people who are like, oh, it's so much better. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, a, better, it's a better movie. I guess, maybe. Because you get the characters, because the characters, I don't think, especially watching this last one, that you know, there was no characters development there. And right, except for four hours, thing. you better have some character development. Except for one thing. Um, in the Snyder Cut, Superman is a non-character. And he just shows up and is dour the whole time. Um, I, I can't remember who said it. I think my friend Ryan said it. Where... Um, you know, he, he is brought back to life and we realize he's the same monster he's always been. He only cares about himself and the people he likes. <laughs> <laughs> but at least in the, uh, the Whedon version, he shows up and he's happy and he's making some jokes and he's being a jovial character because that's who Superman is. That's his character. There, there is no character for him in the Snyder Cut. Because he shows up, he's angry, and then he's like, oh, 
I love my mom and I love my wife. And that's it. And then he shows up and beats up a bad guy. And that's it. He doesn't say anything. He's not a character. Um, and if you're hinging your whole movie on, we have to bring this character back because everybody loved him so much. And then he's a non-character. Like, What's, what's the point? What's the reason, right? For what's sure. the point? And, and again, that's kind of my reaction to this whole movie. It's like, what's the point? My favorite thing about this movie, though, has been watching people lose their minds because it was shot in open in four, three. Yep. People it's like every movie problem. ever shot on film has been shot in this aspect ratio. Either it's widescreen because someone puts an anamorphic lens in front of it, or they blow it up to 185, or if you're in Europe, 166. But every movie is shot at 133 to 1. Like that's just how it works. Unless you're shooting your entire movie in this division or 70 millimeter, which has a little bit of a difference. If you're shooting on 35 millimeter film, you are shooting in a four by three ratio. It was standard for film for 60 years, and it's been standard for TV from like 1945 until what 2007 and it's Hell, not like we're I, watching tv doing... on 21 inch tvs anymore i mean you know right we have giant tvs and it's okay to four three it and you know deal with the boxes on the side i think that that's reasonable if that's yeah, what people you shoot losing in their minds over this online it's like how why would he do this it's like because he wanted to it looks fine yeah. and that's actually the aspect ratio is one of the things i liked about the movie because i've never seen a big budget superhero movie done in full frame i think that's neat i like full frame in certain uses i've never seen it used this way good for him but the fact that people are thinking that something's wrong and i'm talking about like i i saw a professional um colorist an editor say why didn't they shoot this in 185 why are why are they you know cropping off the sides it's like you're in this industry how do you not know this yeah that is weird. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that doesn't even make any sense at all. No, it the doesn't. Best, the best part about the movie is Amy Adams. Uh, to be able to watch her is a gift, as far as I'm concerned. Her She's facial in like work. Three scenes. Well, hey, man, yeah. out of four hours, that's not great. That's not great. But I do have. Uh, let me throw some questions at you, and yeah. you're going to give me answers that you can't give me answers for. Uh, number one, most importantly, I'm not the first one to bring this up, but I shall ask this again. What is the difference if? cyborg can do everything why do you need superman slash if superman could do everything why does he need any of the rest of the justice league go yeah so so let's think about this steppenwolf was able to kill like every amazonian right um he's just slaughtering people left and right uh he beats atlanteans and then superman shows up and beats him in an instant like it's not even a fight the only thing, okay, so like Cyborg isn't as strong or as fast as Superman, and Superman can't interact with the tech. That's what it is. Like it's mm. like the whole thing of like him going inside the mother box, like that made no sense to me. Like right. Flash has to hit him so hard he goes inside the mother box. And also, the only thing about this movie that I thought was because a friend of mine said, hey, is there any part that you at least watched? And we're like, oh, that was neat. I was like, yeah, there is one part. Where, and spoilers, everybody, uh, the mother box does its job and explodes the world. Mm -hmm. And the flash set, the, the dumb part is he actually says out loud, I have to go faster than the speed of light, faster than I ever have. It's like, 
okay, we, we can figure out what's happening. You know? <laughs> right. Um, but he goes so fast, he goes backwards in time and undoes the destruction of the world. That was neat. And then I remembered, oh, that's exactly the way they ended Superman the movie back in 1978. Mm. He isn't able to stop both missiles. And because of that, he kills Lois Lane and he gets so angry, he flies into space and goes backwards in time so he can save her. Mm. And that's a classic. Go back and watch that, by the way. Um, I'm but sure they, they, I know they, you stole, they stole the ending. Like they yeah. stole the ending from the, the first Superman. It's not a surprise at all. Do you think that um, I'm trying to figure out how we want to to do this? Uh, you know what? I'm going to complain a little bit. I like practical effects. Yes. And there's obviously no practical effects in this. And it and it kind of it hurts. There aren't even practical it. tapes. No, exactly. It's just it's. <laughs> all generated and you know for some things that that's fine and you know for a lot of parts that that was fine but being able to think back to batman returns and seeing the cars and the the flipping of the diesel truck and all that that's all practical stuff and when you just do it cg first of all sometimes some of the cg did not look good like some of the faces and stuff when they went to that oh yeah i didn't think it looked good at all but i need real things i need tangibility in my movies and that really hurt it for me but that's always been a Zack snyder thing like he's never done practical it's always been that kind of way what are you gonna do what are you gonna do indeed what we can do is talk about things that have never happened but we wish that they would yeah IndieWire released a best movies never made list and i tell you this is probably the best IndieWire list they've done in some time I had forgot about some of these, some of these I never knew about. Every one of them I'm actually excited about. So let's talk a little bit about some of these movies. Is there one that stood out to you more than the others that was new to you that you'd never heard about before? Yes, and uh, one that seems wholly unnecessary. Christopher Nolan's Howard Hughes. (laughs) Yes. Um, Marty already made The Aviator. Exactly covers his entire life pretty much except for the part where he goes completely crazy um so why do we need it what about you for me well the one that i had no idea about and you may have known this but i snooze on it sylvester stallone has an edgar Allan poe movie that he wants to do this like his passion project (laughs) that's crazy to me like i had no idea that was a thing um how about charlie kaufman and guillermo del toro's slaughterhouse five i love that book that uh, Kurt Vonnegut is one of my favorite authors and those two minds together. It doesn't really matter what they're doing. If they're together, I think it would be fascinating, but I think that would be a really great uh, book to be a jumping off point for them two to work together. Well, is there any filmmaker who has more projects we wish would be made, but won't than Guillermo del Toro? Uh, Yeah. He's got several on the list other than Tarantino, probably not. Um, He could do so much. You know, like H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. I'm not a fan of that, but I imagine that he could do that in like the greatest way possible, probably better than anybody's ever shot that before. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you know, he was also he he left The Hobbit like two months before it was start. They were supposed to start filming it. Um, I, I would have loved to have seen his Hobbit because it was only supposed to be one film. Um, <laughs> would he have shot it the same way? Would it still look as weird as it does now? No, 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 because uh, he probably would have used mostly practical effects because. You know, he's Guillermo del Toro. 
That's um, that movie still looks really weird, right? Like it's not just my my brain doing that because no. he shot it in sixty uh, frames per 48. second, right? Or forty eight. So that made yeah. everything. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Go um, ahead. Uh, the one that that was on here that I knew about from the time that it was supposed to be made because they literally, I think it was like two weeks before production was supposed to start. Um, Justice League Mortal with George Miller, um, and some of his storyboards have come out, and that thing would have been epic but we wouldn't have gotten mad max and i won't trade anything for mad max nope i believe that you would not uh of course fincher had to make the list Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea that i'd still watch that would have been great yeah give that to him now and i'm I'm still all in on that there's one that i'm surprised isn't on here unless i'm not seeing it um for a while uh, Scorsese was supposed to make a movie about H.H. Holmes. Oh, yeah. 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 No, and, it is not on here. No, and uh, DiCaprio was supposed to play Holmes. And if anyone doesn't know, H.H. Holmes was a guy who basically set up a murder house with secret compartments and murdered transients and people who stayed in this hotel uh, for years, for years. Would you have preferred Edgar Wright's Ant-Man? I think that I would have because I didn't really like the Ant-Man that came out. Well, here's the thing. Um, A lot of the script that they used was his script. Uh, They did changes, but um, there's actually a scene in the movie that is identical from the... uh, um, Sorry, it's identical from the storyboards and the uh, test footage he put together. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, the part where like um, he's attacking the uh, in the movie, it takes place when they're trying to steal the uh, the yellow jacket suit and he's like running on top of the guy's gun, yep. you know? Um, yeah, that was all uh, test footage. So, yeah. Very nice. I did not know that. Uh, always and forever, it's the saddest thing to me that ever happened was we never got a Vega Brothers movie. Uh, Michael Madsen and John Travolta, Vega Brothers from uh, Pulp Fiction and I'm Reservoir Dogs. Glad we did. Yeah, it would have been as good did. as my brain thinks that it would have been. But just the idea of them two together and those characters and Tarantino builds worlds inside of worlds anyhow. So the connection that he could have made with those, I think would have been really, really fascinating to me. There's also Jodorowsky's Dune. We got as close oh, man. to that as we could have gotten, whereas we have that thousand-page book of images and pictures and everything that it would have been. That's going to be forever sad to me. But again, it may have been one of those things. I mean, look, David Lynch is no slouch himself, and he couldn't make Dune, right? It just didn't right. work. The technology wasn't there, all the things that you want to do. And that's what I'm thinking, is that they would have ended up with um, a movie that was not as good as the production art. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, the production yeah. art is a better movie than anything that they could have done, for sure. Yeah. And I, honestly, he would have had to have made too many compromises because what he wanted was like nine hours. And he wanted, uh, what's his name? Orson Welles to have like his personal chef there every day. And it's just, it, it would have been too expensive. It, it's kind of like for a while in the 60s, the Beatles were trying to get a uh, version of Lord of the Rings made by, uh, and they were going to star in it directed by Stanley Kubrick. It's like as great as that sounds, yep. that never would have happened. 
Yeah, real life will step in the way a lot of times when the, yeah. these kind of things yeah. come together. You know, I'm sure that there's a, a movie that pretty much every director has that he wished that he could have done that got into a very close production, like Kerry Fukunawa. I don't need to see his It. I'm sure it would have been fascinating, but the It that came out was good, and I've liked Kerry's other stuff, so I don't really need to see that at all. But it's an interesting idea to think about that he almost yeah. did it. Uh, Catherine Bigelow's had a, a hundred over the years. This says the Joan of Arc epic. Uh, I'm in. I'm in for a Joan of Arc epic, but I don't know. I like Messenger. As weird as it is, I like Messenger. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Luc Besson. Old Luc Besson. My wife likes Messenger too. Uh, do we do we need a third Alexander the Great movie? No. Boz Lerman. There, that was oh, what they no. were. Oh, no. Story. I'm not a Boz Lerman fan. I'm sorry. What has he done that I've liked? It's tough. I, I don't think he's done anything that I like. Let me ask you a question, sir. Why did I make you watch We Are the Flesh? Certainly, that was a question that I thought of whenever I started watching We Are the Flesh, but I learned as I went, you are sadistic, but this time sadism worked. Uh, what a movie this was. Uh, what experience. And so that was the movie that you had me watch. I gave mm -hmm. you Breaker Morant. So we are going to talk about both of those movies right now. I'd like to start with We Are the Flesh, if you don't mind. Yeah, um, I am. I gave you this movie because I, I try to get everyone to see it who I think will be down with it because it's not an easy movie to watch. Um, and there are very few movies where I can take a look at something that is shocking and say, this isn't done for shock's sake alone. There is a message here and this movie is artistic and th that movie is art. I don't know what it's trying to say, but I know it's trying to say something. I'm just not the right person to understand it. Um, it's the difference between, and I think I wrote about this on my blog years ago, the difference between this and the Greasy Strangler. You know, Greasy Strangler tries to be kitschy in art and it's just gross for gross sake. It's not trying to say anything. We Are the Flesh is a weird, gross movie, but man, it has a point. And there are some scenes and some imagery that will stick with me forever. I don't know about you, but when the guy is singing the Mexican national anthem, <laughs> that is forever burned into my brain. Uh, well, one of the things that really kind of makes me laugh is I've experienced one of these parts in real life when he comes into the room and banging on the drone to wake him up. <laughs> and uh, oh, but so my friend, when I was younger, shout out Joey Moeller, I used to stay at his house and in the morning, his mom would do that to him. Not just when people were over. I think she did that pretty much every day. She would come in and bang in pots and pans to wake you up and sing to you. And I've never had anything more terrifying in my life. I did not like that <laughs> at all. So this, this really worked for me as well. I like the way that it shot. Uh, oh, you yeah. said, you said the director was 24 years 24. old. Unbelievable to me, but also as we talked about uh, through text, that youthful ignorance or that youthful bliss or that youthful energy is just something that recklessness, abandon. There you go. Yeah, yeah. it's just you have to be young to be able to do that. All yeah. the things haven't built up in your mind to resist from, so you have uh, an openness to be able to do that. I'm going to relate this a little bit to uh, Pasolini. Uh, Pasolini okay. was a director uh, in the 60s that did movies that challenged people so much that somebody murdered him over one of his movies. And he went to the extremes and he showed the extremes like this does like a movie like Silo. But there was a point, there was a purpose and these yeah. were real people and these were real situations, things happening that we try to turn a blind eye to. 
and I think that there, there are some of those themes we're in, we are the flesh, you know, um, when you're in this dystopian type of world, uh, the rules of the world just are different. And, you know, this is a different approach. This is uh, completely not an American film, which I also no. liked. No, and this it's is challenging. And, and okay, so you were talking about dystopian, right? Because the movie goes on and you basically, I don't know about you, but when I was first watching it, I was kind of led to believe that, you know, this is an empty building. This guy's living there and he's making stuff for people outside, but there aren't many people outside. You know, it's probably like a bleak hellscape, you know, where you have just a couple of people in, you know, dirty clothes walking around, you know, like every post-apocalyptic movie you've ever seen. Sure. And these, this brother and sister show up and it seems like they've been out there on their own for a while. It seems like they, they're portraying the outside like it's almost like the road. Yep, for sure. And then the last shot of the movie happens. And after this big, weird blood orgy thing. <laughs> big, weird, yep. This guy gets out of this room. He walks, gets up, and he's in a dress. And the room has been built to look like the inside of a weird vagina cave. And he walks outside, and it's downtown of a Mexican city, bright daylight, and everything's open there are thousands of people outside and you're just like wait what yep and it reframes the whole previous hour and a half that you just watched and i remember watching that and just going whoa, whoa 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 rewinding like the last 20 minutes and watching it again and going like did i miss something yeah and then going wait but what does that mean for the re- huh and I've there very rarely have I had a, a an ending hit me that way. Huh is a great way to describe this movie in in the best way possible. Like, huh? Yeah, and I, and I like that about about this movie so very much. It was it's like I said, it was challenging in the best ways. They don't make cinema like this in America certainly no. anymore, and that's why we should look more to international films because these themes and these um, these ideas and these left field kind of concepts are only being done over there you can't do that here and i'm not going to go on any kind of anti-superhero rant but i will say because the those films were being made these films were not being made and that's just the way that they set up the system and we went to profitability versus art and that's what happened we don't get stuff like this here in america well you do but it's uh it's not funded through okay this is kind of getting to the difference between our our business here versus the film business in the rest of the world. Rest of the world, the majority of the funding is from uh, the actual countries of origin. Right. Yep. Because it's considered one of the arts. Here, that ain't the case. Uh, the kind of stuff that will get grants tends to be a little weirder, you know, a little more avant garde. Um, but it's never going to get a wide release. I don't know if this got a wide release. I know it played festivals, but this would be a hard festival sell in America if you did an American version of it. <laughs> sure, for sure. So, yeah. We are the flesh. Uh, good stuff. Let's uh, move to Breaker Morant, a Australian film that was yeah. made by the Australian Film Society back in 19, what was it, 80? 1980. 80, 80 on this one. Uh, what were your first impressions of this film? I think this is a really interesting pairing from last month where I watched Zama, 
because they are both about um, middle management in military service yep. and people being hung out to dry um, by their, um, their commanding officers. And they have kind of a similar visual style in that they don't seem to be traditionally shot films, but um, they have a very similar vibe to me, but this is definitely more my kind of movie. It's been a while since I've liked a movie in this way where it's not like, oh man, this is rad. Look at this action or something like that. Um, I love the performances from every single person in this movie. I loved the writing. The writing was great. Uh, there's a moment at the end where they're being uh, taken away <laughs> to get executed. And he goes, the price of, uh, what was it like the, the cost of kingdom building. For sure. And, uh, the, thank you. My, my wife just corrected me. The cost of building an empire is the line. And it's just like, oh, damn. This is one of the best anti-war movies I've ever seen. Oh, for sure. And I love how the entire time you're rooting for these guys. Uh, first of all, it's based on a true story. And I didn't know that because I'm ignorant. Um, it's not an America story. So how would you know? <laughs> right. Um, so, but the entire time you're rooting for these guys, and then you find out that at least with the murder of the priest, they decided to do it. And you're like, well, <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's like, I wanted to like these guys, but they murdered a priest. So maybe they kind of deserve this, but everything about this movie, um, I, okay, I, I'll put it this way. I, I told, I said this to my wife, this is the worst kind of horror movie for me because as much as I love horror movies, I'm not a big slasher fan because slashers, I feel like if I can get to my car and it has a quarter tank of gas, I'm going to be fine. You're good. You know? <laughs> and if it's a supernatural horror film, well, if a ghost is after you, if you die, you at least know there's an afterlife. So you're kind of okay. That's true. But I have a real problem with people in authority exerting control over you when it's completely unjust and unfair. Like if you're a Harry Potter fan, I don't think, um, uh, what's his name? Voldemort is that scary, but Dolores Umbridge, when she takes over Hogwarts, that's terrifying to me. Um, and this kind of movie where you have people basically being scapegoats and someone has decided, well, they're going to lose their lives. Uh, so we can be safe. And they're railroaded. To me, that is just the worst kind of horror film. Yeah, being and a sacrificial lamb for me. powerful is not cool at all. That right. really bummed me out. I'm just now finding out as I'm looking this up on IMDb, this director also directed Driving Miss Daisy. Double Jeopardy. He directed Double Jeopardy. Yep, that's true, too. Yes. Oh, man. I've watched that movie so many times. My wife told me I had to retire it for five years. Double Jeopardy? Yep. I love that movie. My <laughs> wife and I love that movie. Um, let me also just say about this movie. Um, fuck the British Empire. Just fuck mm. them. Mm. Yeah. A lot of places that could say that, that's for sure. This was one of the discoveries that I had when Criterion used to be on Hulu. The glory days back in the day, this yeah. was one that I just pressed play on and I had no idea. And like you said, the performances are 
so unbelievable. Good. Like I can't even imagine. There's a lot of court stuff in here, so there's not a lot of action. Per well, se. it was a play, and it's it's what I love. It's peop- It's adults talking like adults, and you know, it's concepts. It's and it's complex because, like they said in the closing argument, um, what was it a uh, the the worst crimes in war are done by like average guys, basically. It's a, a bad paraphrase, but basically saying all the terrible stuff that's done, they're not done by usually done by terrible people. It's just that war distorts who you are. And it shows that it's like, yeah, they, uh, they might not have, you know, made the order to kill uh, prisoners, but they still did it. Yeah. Yeah. You're still participating. I mean, you yeah. still, you had a choice. You, you were a human with choice. I mean, that's not much of a choice sometimes I understand, but that's the way it goes. So yeah, I we, love this uh, movie. thumbs up to both of these movies this week recommend both breaker morant and we are the flesh next month i'm gonna make you watch uh highlander 2 you're not gonna make me watch anything that sounds fantastic (laughs) to wrap things up today i wanted to steal something because that's what great art is it's all about stealing richard roper don't you quote picasso at me (laughs) richard roper (laughs) the movie critic has a bit that he does on his twitter a long-running bit called movie law I love this bit, so I wanted to steal this a little bit for the show. I'm going to throw this out to you. I'm going to give you one of his, and then I want to see if you had any movie laws that you live by. I want to get one of yours because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of confused on the difference between the movie law and a trope. I think they're about the trope? same thing. Okay. I would say they're about the same thing. At least mine are going to be basically the same thing. Uh, an example of movie law would be when someone says, can I use the restroom? And they're told it's upstairs, second door on the left. It's the perfect excuse to look for evidence in other rooms. Then they open a door and there's an innocent kid of the suspect. Let's think of some. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so that that's one of the movie laws. Also, nine out of 10 DAs are eyeing a run for mayor next year. And this is just a high <laughs> profile case that could make their career. I love these. These are the best. Richard Roper is fantastic for doing these. Um, so I'm going to give you one of mine. Let's see what we got. Movie law. Now I got to read my handwriting. Sorry. Uh, oh, car won't start when you want it to until you tell it some pithy line about how all machines are jerks. Movie law. <laughs> I like that. Okay, movie law. When talking to a group of people about something they already know, you must preface it by saying, as you know, and then talk <laughs> about everything that they should already know. Oh, that's a good one. I like that movie law. Movie law, a car goes off the side of a mountain. It's blowing up, even if it's just falling a few feet. <laughs> okay. Uh, movie law, you can only buy guns that have infinite ammo clips. Nice. That is a movie. Yeah. That is a guarantee. <laughs> Movie law for sure. How about this? If your main character has robbed banks for 15 years, gotten away with nine million dollars, and nobody knows his name, movie law. That's a Liam Neeson movie for sure. Okay, here's my also, last one. That here's is my... a new Liam Neeson movie. We should talk about that next week. Okay, here's my last one. Movie law. When you live in a post-apocalyptic hellscape and you meet a group of people who are nice to you, they are cannibals. <laughs> They're definitely cannibals. Cannibals. That's where we'll end it. Movie law. <laughs> Thank you, Richard Roper, for that. Here we are at the end. 
as always, we got to give the people a little something before we go. Matt, you've watched a lot of stuff in the last time since we've spoken. Some weird, some wonderful, some magical. So tell the people what you would recommend for them to enjoy in the week coming forward. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier just started. In the, the first episode's great. Uh, it's beautiful. But my wife and I are really enjoying, um, we're about halfway through right now, uh, season two of For All Mankind. It's an Apple okay. TV Plus show. Um, alternate history about if uh, the Russians had landed on the moon first and what that would have meant for the space race here in America. Oh, a little alternate history. I love that. I love that Joel, a lot. What's his name? Joel Kinnaman, I think, the, the new RoboCop. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's in it, and he's really good. Excellent. I lied. We're not going to talk about the new Liam Neeson movie next week. I'm going to talk about it right now. It's called Honest Thief. It was dumb in all the wonderful Liam Neeson ways. It makes no sense. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. And I loved every second of it. There's a TV actress in there. I'm sorry, ma'am. You, I'm sure you're probably a nice person, but a movie actress, you are not. So you have to deal with that. The cops that are the dirty cops that are taking the money again nine million dollars over 15 years nobody even knows his name that's what our main character is and then they've taken him down they're going to steal his money oh you can't get any better than that i'm telling you liam neeson honest thief if you like ridiculous and dumb and liam neeson sign up for that movie i swear you'll enjoy it i I don't have anything smart this week you know i try to i've watched some criterion movies but that surpassed everything, honestly. Dude, I, I have been watching trash. <laughs> like, when I go to bed, I will put on, if it's like a sci-fi movie from the 80s that opens with a text crawl, I, I put it on. Ooh. Like, uh, oh, Rucker Hauer? Definitely. I'm watching some absolute garbage. I love it. Uh, Short Circuit was another movie I watched this week, and uh, wow. Wow, that's something. 80s man it was a different time for sure oh yeah anything else for the people before we go uh watch the snyder cut just so you can say you did it and we never have to talk about this thing ever again yeah do that because we don't have anything that we share together anymore so even if it's something that we want to yell about let's share it together snyder cut four hours i watched it over three sittings it does have parts so i guess you can do that i just don't want like in two years to still be talking to people and them saying oh you know what i just watched and it's like no 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 let's not talk about this like everybody watch it this week and let's never talk about it again kind of like how everyone forgot that game of thrones existed after the season eight ending they really did yeah the irishman come out on criterion collection still nobody talks about it yeah bad days until next time see you